This is episode number 145 with Dr. Stephen Cabral. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Today's podcast is brought to you by the brand new certification program created by my health guru and one of my all-time favorite humans on the planet, Dr. Stephen Cabral, naturopathic, functional medicine, and Ayurvedic doctor. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I am obsessed with a Dr. Cabral for many reasons. Firstly, he literally saved Nick's life. And secondly, I love his holistic, whole body, individualized approach to health and healing, which includes the essential Ayurveda, which is why he is the most featured person on my podcast. So if you are a wellness junkie like me, You are not going to want to miss his brand new program, the Integrative Health Practitioner Certification. This is the first of a kind program that fuses ancient Ayurveda wisdom and prioritizes whole body holistic healing. It very carefully takes into consideration that everyone is extremely different with different body types. So there is no one-size-fits-all approach here. His approach is about understanding that the body seeks equilibrium. So his program is about bringing your body back into balance as quickly as possible. This program is so in-depth and insightful, I've never seen anything quite like it. It will arm you with everything you need to know to take your own health seriously to the next level. And you can even choose to become a certified integrative health coach practitioner so that you can help other people achieve amazing health and earn great money doing it. This program is for anyone who wants to take their health and their family's health and healing to the next level. Trust me, I have seen it firsthand when Nick went from struggling after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars over many years and just not being able to get the answers or support he needed to now being in the best shape of his life with unstoppable energy and a sense of balance and calm that is truly inspiring. It's also for anyone who is already in the health and wellness field and wants to up-level their knowledge and skills, or for anyone who wants an entirely new career as a certified integrative health practitioner. Every module is taken directly from Dr. Cabral's private practice, so you get the exact handouts and protocols that he used with over 250,000 client consults. It's all online and you can go at your own pace, which is awesome. This program has got me seriously excited. So excited, in fact, that I'm offering an epic bonus 
to anyone who signs up using my special link. So to get my bonus, head to melissaambrosini.com forward slash Cabral. That's C-A-B-R-A-L to check out all the details on this epic program and find out about my awesome bonus and take control of your health and future today. Dr. Stephen Cabral is a board-certified naturopathic doctor and founder of the Cabral Wellness Institute and stephencabral.com. At age 17, he was diagnosed with a life-altering illness and given no hope for recovery. Every day, he suffered endlessly for many years. It was only after Stephen travelled all over the world and discovered how to combine ancient Ayurvedic healing practices with state-of-the-art naturopathic and functional medicine did he understand how to fully rebalance the body and re-energize it with life. Today, in his online and Boston practice, where he and his team have completed over 250,000 client appointments, he uses functional medicine lab testing and personalized wellness plans to help people rebalance their mind and body to recover from autoimmune, thyroid, fatigue, hormone, weight gain, digestive, mood, skin, and dozens of other hard-to-treat health conditions. His mission is to help people understand that there is always a reason why you have not achieved your ideal wellness and weight loss goals just yet, and that you can and will get well again. Now, this is his third time on the podcast. He is the only guest that I have had on three times, and that is because he is so knowledgeable and such a beautiful, kind, epic, inspiring human being. Nick and I have personally been working one-on-one with him for a year now. And for those that follow Nick's story, you'll know that last year he was out, completely unwell, dealing with a whole host of health issues and depression. And he was given a diagnosis that left him completely gobsmacked. And he says that Stephen is the one that brought him back from the dead. And he has also helped me with so many gut issues and SIBO and some eczema. And I have never felt the energy and the clarity that I have now since working with Stephen. Not only is he the only person I know that combines all of these modalities, but he is very specific with working with the individual body. There is no one size fits all. He looks at you as an individual and what's going on for you in your life and takes into consideration everything about you and Taylor makes a program for you. And that is what it's all about, guys. This, no one's doing this. No one is doing this which is why I love him so much. And I'm so excited to have him back on the show today. This is epic. Today's podcast episode is 
so good. We chat about everything that you need to know for preconception, peri and post. This is a one-stop shop for everything that you need to know for those three beautiful stages in your life. Preconception, peri and postnatal. And we dive deep into everything you need to know preconception to get your body into the healthiest and best shape possible before you make a baby. The ideal time for preconception work. Why you need to take preconception seriously. The best three tests to do preconception. The best preconception diet. Why you do not want to detox once you are pregnant. This is really, really interesting and very important. The pregnancy diet and why you need to shift this once you fall pregnant. Why you need to increase your iron once you're pregnant. The ideal supplements to take during pregnancy. Why you also need to look at your emotional health and not just your physical health. Why you need to limit stress during all three phases and the best tools to help you do that. The best postpartum diet the ideal amount of time to gift yourself for that mother and baby sacred bonding postpartum, the three foods that you need to eliminate whilst breastfeeding, the ideal time to gift yourself for self-love during those sacred postpartum days, the postpartum supplements to take and the ones to avoid, how to get back to your healthiest after you've given birth, The Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 and why you need to know these. The ideal time to get back into the gym postpartum. The ideal time to space between children. The best books for all three phases, plus so much more. This podcast will give you everything that you need for those sacred and special three different phases in your pregnancy journey. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 145. Now, before we dive into today's epic podcast, I want to read the review of the week. And this comes from Simone. And it's titled, How Can a Husband and Wife Both Have Epic Podcasts? And she says, I'm still in awe that a husband and wife can each create such epic podcasts. I literally alternate them. Melissa on the way to work and Nick on the way home. How you find these awesome human beings to interview Melissa is incredible. And the content you provide both during the podcast and after is just an amazing service. Thank you and thank you, Nick. Love Simone. Simone, thank you so much for that beautiful five-star review. We are so grateful. And for those of you that don't know, my husband Nick has an epic podcast called The Nick Broadhurst Show. It's amazing. It is my favorite podcast. He covers topics such as entrepreneurship, health, relationships, spirituality, meditation, creativity. He goes deep on everything. He is one of the most knowledgeable people I know. He's so smart, so wise. This man reads a book a week. Actually, there's been times where he's read more than one book a week. So he is 
one of the most smartest and knowledgeable people I know, and so much wisdom and inspiration comes from him. So make sure you check it out. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, head on over to iTunes and leave me your review now. And without further ado, let's bring on the one and only Dr. Stephen Cabral. Welcome back, Stephen. I am so excited to have you back on the show for the third time. You are currently the only person who has been on my show three times, so that is worth celebrating. And this means that you know the question that I'm going to ask you first up. So what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, it's, it's literally the same thing every morning, so it's a very easy question for me to answer, and that is what I call my purple crush smoothie. So it's blueberries, it's spinach, it's my daily nutritional support powder, and it's a little bit of coconut cream that I typically put in there blended up with water. It's delicious. Oh, yum. I bet. Now, you have been one of the most requested guests to come back on our show, and I'm so excited to dive deep into today's topic. And we're going to be really diving deep into everything preconception, during pregnancy and postpartum, both physically and mentally, because we know that it's not just the physical that we need to look at. It's it's the whole holistic approach. And we want to really dive deep so that we can create the healthiest little angels possible. And this is something that we're not taught in school. No one tells us that we kind of need to look at our own health, look at our physical and mental health before we create and bring children into the world. So I'm really excited to dive deep into today's topic. So let's take it from the top. Where do we begin physically when we are considering, you know, making a baby and bringing a child into the world? That's a great question. I just want to say it's also, it's an honor to be on with you and your community. I do really appreciate you allowing me to have the platform to share this information with others. So thank you for all the work that you're doing as well. So what I do is I make sure that above and beyond anything, everyone always talks about what's the health of the child. We need to make sure that, you know, this is going to be a healthy baby. And I agree with that. And again, I want to just preface this with saying that my wife and I have been through this ourselves twice. I have a, you know, very, two very, very healthy girls. I'm so grateful and blessed for that, four and six years old. And what my job was with my wife and anyone in my practice was saying, how can we get you which is literally the vessel for this new life that's going to be brought into this world, how can we get you as healthy as humanly possible? Now, you don't have to be perfect. I just want women to know that right off the bat, you do not have to be perfect because perfect does not exist. But it's our goal to make sure that we fortify, that you just think about this, right? If you are looking to create the best garden in the world, the best plants, the best whatever it might be, you want to make sure that the soil, the terrain, that everything is as nutrient-dense, as watered, and as going to be as fruitful as possible. So that's what we do. We actually look at the diet. We look at the vitamin levels, the mineral levels. We look at everything that's going to then allow this new child to grow. Because remember, if the raw material is not there, it's different when you're bringing a child into this world. A plant won't grow, right? But when you're bringing a child into this world, it will literally draw upon whatever reserves you have left, whether it's bones, muscle, organ, literally anything. And obviously, that's a great thing for your child, but not necessarily for you. So my job is to make sure both mother and daughter are healthy. And it could also be a son. We'll add that as well. 
I have two girls, so that's why my mind's in there. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting because I have two girlfriends who, after their first child, they both literally looked like the life had been sucked out of them and they lost so much weight. It's, it's like the baby was sucking the life out of them. And, you know, they were having joint pain and all of these issues. So we want to make sure that you are setting yourself up. Like you said, you're really creating the right environment, the right garden with the perfect amount of soil and water so that you can create the healthiest babies. So what are some of the things that we can do preconception? You know, what are the detoxes we need to do? And, and how long do we need? So let's go through everything that in an ideal world and with the right amount of time, like what are the things, what is the checklist that we need to go through? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great way to break it down. And why don't we do that? There's essentially pre-pregnancy, there's peri or while you are pregnant, and then there's post-pregnancy. And there are really, it's three main parts. And we knew this before just a couple hundred years ago. And it's actually still, if you if you look to a lot of older based cultures that have been around for many thousands of years, they still practice this. But there was essentially three different types of diets and three different types of lifestyles for a woman about to get pregnant and then while she was pregnant and then post-pregnancy. So the role of pre-pregnancy, before you get pregnant, ideally you have six months to a year to originally it was meant to fortify the body. Now that meant, what do we need to do? We needed to build up the blood. We needed to build up the bones, fortify all the essential fatty acids so that you would have all the raw material. Again, I know that I'm breaking this down into very simplistic points, but you would have all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs so that when you are carrying that child, that they're not taking the calcium out of your bones, that they're not literally drawing the omega-3s and essential fatty acids out of the organs and the eyes. I work with a lot of women, they get floaters and they get you know, vision-based issues and they have the joint pain like you talked about. Well, those things can be alleviated ideally with a pre-pregnancy diet that would definitely start three to six months before, so 12 weeks to somewhere... Well, you know, somewhere right around the 24-week mark as well. And that's the fortifying. Now, there's one other piece that's just as important. And we can go through all of this if you'd like. But this is more recent. Even though it did take place many thousands of years ago, it's so much more important today. We have heavy metals. We have plastics. We have all these beauty care products as well that none of us are ever told that these are literally toxic. And this is something that I've, I've said many times, but it's, it's worth repeating that the average woman's placenta contains 232 toxins. These are man-made synthetic toxins, and they're literally carcinogenic. So they're, they're cancer-based. They're, it's a lot of nasty stuff in the environment. Well, that was only based, though, on us testing a little over 400 toxins. And this information is by the World Health Organization. So it's important to check that out, or the Environmental Working Group. So we have 77,000 plus made man, man-made chemicals in the environment. At least half of those are cancer-causing. We know that these things are not good for us. They're not good for our body. Well, they're also not good for the child. So we have to do the best that we can. We can't be perfect, but we have to do the best that we can to eliminate those from the body six months previous and then ideally 12 weeks previous. And then we can talk about heavy metals if you'd like as well. Yes. Okay. So what are the exact tests that you would ideally like women to do preconception so that we can find out where we need to go from there? And then let's talk about the diet. Yes. So the three tests that I recommend pre-pregnancy are the hair tissue mineral analysis, 
because it's an easy at-home test where you can look at your own electrolyte levels. You can look at levels of stress essentially in the body, depleted mineral levels to see if you need to really refortify a lot. You can get an idea about thyroid only because you're looking at selenium and other cofactors. But on the hair tissue mineral analysis, you're going to be able to look at aluminum levels. You're going to be able to look at lead. You can look at arsenic. You can look at mercury. And these we know, just because there's so much, obviously, research out there, that these are all neurotoxins. So they affect your nervous system. They affect the nervous system and development of the child. So those, though, a lot of people don't run the test because they're afraid of the results. Well, the deal is this, though. I would rather have all of the information and then know I can eliminate them and then feel much happier about that. So the elimination of heavy metals is only six weeks. That's all that it is through a natural-based protocol with cilantro, with vitamin C, with crack cell chlorella, and a little biofilm disruptor. Really easy, all natural, easy to do. So here, tissue mineral analysis, that would give you your minerals and the heavy metals, organic acid testing, which is an at-home simple urine test to do. That urine test would look at candida overgrowth. It would look at bacterial overgrowth. Again, that'll take 12 weeks to eliminate another six weeks to 12 weeks to then seal up the gut. That's why we want to do six months before. And then we would also then, uh, that would look at all of your vitamins. So your B vitamins, your vitamin C, there's no guesswork. We can look at all of these things. So we can look at your minerals. We can look at now your vitamin levels. We can restore those as needed. And the last one is the omega-3 test. And that's because so many women, and men as well, but women are the ones carrying on life, right? So we need your omega-3 stores to not only be balanced with your inflammatory omega-6s, but we also need them to be high enough. So I work with a lot of women in my practice. Some are vegan, some are only fish, some are more paleo. And what we need to do is no matter who it is, we need to make sure that even if they're not eating a lot of the omega-6s, that their omega-3 levels are high enough. So those three labs, I consider a must-do. Okay. and. What about diet? Let's talk about the type of diet we need for preconception. And this will obviously be different taking into consideration those three tests once you get those results. You know, it's going to be different for everyone. And and if you're having fertility issues, that's going to be different as well. But is there kind of like an umbrella diet or an umbrella approach that is good for everyone preconception? Yeah, that's, and that's actually a really good point that it may change based on the individual. But let's say that you are not, you know, running the labs or something like that. Well, you can actually do then a 21 day functional medicine detox and you could do a heavy metal detox if you wanted to go right into it. Those are two different things one's for the liver and one's to basically chelate and pull the metals out of the body. But no matter whether you're doing the labs or you're doing the detoxes, you want to make sure that you are actually rebalancing the body, okay? So this is a time, and this is, I mean, there's a lot of challenges on women, right? There's challenges with, okay, you're supposed to be taking care of yourself. Now you need to take care of your own body for another, you know, life coming into the world. There's a lot to think about, but here's all I need you to do is I want to look at your current state right now, which in Ayurveda, we call that the Vakriti, or right now we call it the phenotype if we're talking about functional medicine. But if you are, let's say, 20 or more pounds overweight, if you're anywhere between your ideal body weight to 20 pounds overweight, not going to make an, a huge difference, okay? But if you're 20 or more pounds overweight, we'll want to lose the weight now so that we decrease inflammatory levels of, well, inflammation in general, 
cortisol, maybe excessive estrogen, anything imbalanced blood sugar, because that's going to affect the child. There could be gestational-based diabetes. So what I want women to do is get in their healthiest state possible. So if you're more than 20 pounds overweight, okay, let's bring it down to somewhere between maybe your ideal weight to 15 pounds or so over. And if you're underweight, I want you to bring your weight up to a healthy weight so that you are not in more of a catabolic state. So we can look at that as creating balance within the body. And no matter where you're at, this will be predominantly plant-based, okay? So it's going to be predominantly low glycemic fruit, berries. It's going to be all sorts of different vegetables because in all the different colors of the vegetables, and I did a show on this as well, is you get certain nutrients and antioxidants and anthocyanins from blue and purple-based vegetables and fruit. You get different ones from red, orange, and yellow, and others from white. So I want you eating a rainbow of colors, but I also want you achieving your ideal body weight. Now is not the time to try to be as lean as possible because that's actually not conducive to a nice, strong, healthy pregnancy as well. Right. Got it. Okay. And what about protein? You know, someone who may be more on a plant-based diet, how important is protein at this preconception stage? Yeah, that's an excellent point as well. Protein is one of those things that we're not as concerned about because if you're eating a healthy diet, I do believe whether you are paleo-based or whether you're vegan-based, with a, a good handful, a good cup of protein per day, and then you are eating three meals per day, we can talk about fasting as well if you'd like, that you're going to get enough protein for the most part. However, this is a different story when we're talking about we need to create more of an anabolic-based environment. And that simply means anabolism is being able to create growth or growth within the body. And we're talking about growth for new life. So at this point, we actually need more amino acids. And the easiest and best way and the most complete way is through a larger amount of protein. Again, if you are vegan, you can get that through lentils. Sprouted lentils would be ideal or split mung beans. You can get it through more black beans or chickpeas. You can get it through other sources as well. The reason why I can't say, oh, you're just going to get enough through vegetables and fruit is because the research doesn't back that up. You know, there's a great, great book, you know, quite a large book as well, but it's basically based in nutritional biochemistry. And those people that got less than 45 to 60 grams of protein per day actually went into more of a catabolic-based state. Again, it depends on the individual. Are you more of the vato or ectomorph, more of the endomorph? However, let's be safe here, especially when we're moving into the pregnancy-based stage, is that you do aim for half your body weight in grams of protein per day. So if you weigh 140 pounds, I would like you to shoot for about 70 total grams per day in protein, okay? And that's easy to split up between three meals. It's literally just a little over 20 grams per meal. This would be ideal. Now, it might be a little on the higher end, but if you're open to it, it's not that hard to get, and that will make sure that your body is nice and strong. Okay, great. So preconception, we've got the diet. We've got the three, ideally the three tests that you would love and would love to see all women get. Then once we fall pregnant, what happens then? How does the diet shift? What shifts? Can you go into that phase for us? Yeah. So at this point, let's say that you do a 21-day detox before when you are pregnant, this is not the time to do a detox. It's also not the time. So I want to just want to give a few contraindications that we talk about, you know, all the time. And that's, don't get me wrong, like I love herbs and I love herbal supplements and I love all these superfoods and all of that. This is not the time to use those. Herbs are considered medicine. Okay. So we don't want to be doing mushroom blends and we don't want to be doing 
a lot of ashwagandha or high doses of anything, right? Because we're not only affecting now our bodies, which are an adult body, right? So we have a fully formed liver, we have everything. But that unborn child, you know, that, that weighs nothing, right? Ounces to then pounds can be greatly affected by that. So what we're doing at this point is we're eating a nutritional plan that's going to be higher in the omega-3s, it's going to be higher in all of your B vitamins, such as your folate and your B12 and all of those. Now, of course, I do recommend before getting pregnant that you do use at least a good high quality prenatal vitamin that does not contain folic acid. It needs to contain something called methylfolate or 5-MTHF or something called nature folate. Because for at least 33% of the population, you are not going to be able to fully methylate folic acid. And that means that this folic acid that all doctors are telling you to take, 800 micrograms to 1,000 micrograms a day, and this goes for everyone all over the world, well, if you can't fully methylate that, and that means that at least a third of the population is not going to be able to fully methylate anywhere between 33 and 70% of that folic acid. That means anywhere between 33 and 70% of that could be floating around in the bloodstream causing liver toxicity. This is a synthetic-based vitamin. I prefer the bioidentical type of vitamin called nature folate or 5-MTHF or just methylfolate, okay? Really important that we're using functional medicine-only vitamins, so just go with the functional medicine company that you like. Real important with that, that begins, again, six months before you get pregnant, begin that multivitamin as well. During pregnancy, keep going with the multi, but also at least by the third trimester, you're going to want to increase your iron-based foods, okay? Your spinach, your dark leafy greens. If you do eat meat, you will include some meat as well, especially those last 90 days when your blood volume is increasing and most women become anemic, okay? Those, even if it's just functionally based anemic, they get lower energy. You know, again, you're creating so much more blood volume that we need that iron. Very, very important for you and the baby, but mainly for you. Remember, you're, you're just as important. We don't want to just think about the baby. And then also your omega-3. We want that going the entire pregnancy, but for sure the last trimester as well to help with neurological development of the child. So for someone who sees on the TV, okay, I'm pregnant, I've got to go and take folic acid, and they go to the pharmacy and they pick up one off the counter and they start taking that, this is a big no-no. It is only because the research is much better now. And although, yes, it's always been a no-no, it's like, it's one of those things that you have to understand is that we have to stay on the cutting edge. We never want to adopt something that puts anyone as the guinea pig, right? We don't want that. We know that, th that women need larger amounts of folic acid only because the child needs larger amounts of folic acid for neural tube development and all sorts of different biological and growth-based milestones that we're trying to hit. That's absolutely essential. So we need folic acid, right? But ideally, we want it in the form that is not as toxic to women. Is it better than nothing? Yes, we must have it. However, since a lot of people listening to this podcast will have the ability to choose, it might cost like 25 cents more a day for a functional medicine prenatal, then I recommend going with that. Yes. And I have MTHFR because I've had my genes tested. So for me to go and take an unactivated folic acid would be really detrimental to my health. So what I take is your daily nutritional support, which has that in it. Is that correct? 
That is correct. It, it contains all of the vitamins are the methylated versions. Correct. Awesome. So now you'll want to add though an add-on on top of that. Right. Okay. So yeah. So add on that for the extra folate. So since we have the 400 micrograms of the nature folate in that, we want to add another 400 of methyl folate from a different vitamin to make up for the 800 because you don't need 800 micrograms of folic acid or the nature folate unless you are pregnant. So we just want to take start taking it three to six months before the extra folate. And then when you are pregnant, you take it throughout your entire pregnancy. So you could use the daily nutritional support. This is what we do in my practice. And then we add on 400 extra micrograms, which is very easy to get of the 5-MTHF or just called methylfolate. Awesome. Okay. So we're talking about during pregnancy right now. I love that. What other supplements would you ideally like women to be taking during those nine months? I really like a daily probiotic because what we know now is that if we can keep candida to a lower level in the gut, so that's why, again, I like running the organic acids test just to make sure there's no candida overgrowth because candida can actually get passed on to the child and it can get passed on two ways, actually while pregnant and then in the birth canal as well when you're delivering. So that's important to look at. The daily probiotic support is something obviously I stand by because it's more of a small intestinal-based one. The clean gut probiotic is one that helps push out a little bit of candida. I don't like to give those recommendations specifically, though, unless I know what we're working with. But a good overall probiotic is great for good overall immune health. So that's very, very important. And then the other one is very difficult. So, you know, you and I both work in health communities where people are very health conscious and a lot of people are trying to eat more of a vegan based diet. And I understand that veganism is an entire lifestyle, but one of the hard things to do is get a lot of omega-3s through algae or seaweed base, just like it's hard to get a lot of the omega-3s through tuna, swordfish, Chilean sea bass, or like bluefish, because they're higher in mercury. So when we're eating a lot of these algaes or you know, spirulina, they can actually soak up a lot of heavy metals. So I'm not recommending those during pregnancy. I'm recommending more of these smaller fish, such as the sardines, and mackerel, and maybe some trout. And I'm recommending wild salmon, which is a vegetarian fish that doesn't eat other fish. So it's, it doesn't accumulate the same amount of mercury. So a couple times a week, I certainly do recommend that. Or I recommend a functional medicine omega-3, at least during the last trimester, to get omega-3 levels up. Okay, awesome. And I love what you mentioned before, that during pregnancy, those nine months, this is not the time to be going crazy with the ashwagandhas and all of the herbs. This is a time where it's like, let's just eat super clean and simple, you know, vegetables, fruits, protein, if you wish, animal protein or vegan protein. It's really about simplifying the diet and not overcomplicating it. And just eating as simple and as clean as you possibly can. Exactly correct. That's, that's our entire sentiment, as few supplements as possible, but enough to make sure that you've met all your requirements. I love that about you so much. And your practice is, you know, your mission isn't to get everyone to take 50,000 supplements, which in the past, to be honest, I have done. I've had a whole drawer full of supplements and it's not only incredibly overwhelming, it's really expensive. And what I love about you and your practice is we take the tests, we see 
where we need to maybe supplement. And then the ideal is to remove those supplements and be getting enough from your food. So I love that. And this is why getting the tests is so important. Getting the data is so important, especially when you want to make a baby. Like it is just so important, isn't it? Without a doubt. And and that's the thing. We no longer have to guess. And I know that, you know, there's all sorts of things you can make an investment in, but we're talking about a one, two, or however, however many times that you decide, you know, you're going to bring another life into this world. It's just, you get the data, you have it, there's no second guessing yourself. And I, I just think that it's amazing if you're able to do it. It's kind of like one of those things, that it's worth it. It's without a doubt worth it. Yeah. And we invest in other things. So why not invest in the most important thing, our health and our happiness? It's just so important. So before we move on to postpartum, I just want to touch on, okay, we've spoken about the physical. Let's talk about the emotional. Like during those nine months, how important is the emotional and the mental side of things? And what can we do to really make sure that we are in as much of a blissed meditative state as we possibly can, because we all know the effect that stress has on our body and our immune system and how detrimental it can be, especially whilst we're trying to create another human. So can you just speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. And I do believe that this begins pre-pregnancy as well. As you're thinking about having a child and you're thinking about becoming pregnant, ideally, I mean, we don't always get to choose this, but it is nice to say, okay, here's where I want to be. Because the higher stress you are, they've, there's really great data on this, really great research. The more cortisol, which essentially just think about the more stress you have in your body, it actually affects the overall health of the child. It can affect it in terms of IQ, learning, like all sorts of different things. Now, again, I'm a huge believer that you're always doing your best and you're always going to do your best. You can't worry about all these things because it only adds more stress. But what I recommend is this. I want you to try to get to the point in your life where you're able to, to the best of your ability, to say, this is nine months, 40 weeks or so of my life. And for these 40 weeks, for this essentially nine months or so, I'm going to dedicate myself for me and for my child to becoming and having as lower stress lifestyle as I can, to not over-exercising or under-exercising, to not overeating, because we see that a lot, right? When a lot of women get pregnant and they tend to eat more than I believe they even need to. And I don't like to see that because a couple of reasons. One is I don't like to see that because I don't think that it's great in terms of spiking insulin. So that affects the child as well. But also, they can sometimes gain more weight than they need to, which makes the pregnancy more difficult because of gestational diabetes or joint pain or lower back pain, Other many, many things that can happen, but then also post-pregnancy as well. So what I want there to do is, is really get into this as like, this is one of the greatest experiences that you'll ever go through and to really enjoy it as much as possible. So I'm not sure if that's the answer that you're looking for, but you do need to prepare for it. And then you have to understand that it's it's a particular phase in your life that actually will go by faster than you think. And honestly, probably for that first 12 weeks, you may have some morning sickness, which by the way, can last 
all day and could be any part of the day. It could be evening sickness. But what you want to look at is that it may not change. You might not change a lot of you for the first 12 weeks. So your body may not feel different in terms of the things that you can do for that first 12 weeks. So what we're really looking at is understanding you still are pregnant and what you do does matter during that time. Mm, and what are some of the things that we can do to really bring that stress levels down and to just make sure we're enjoying the process as much as we possibly can? Yeah, that, that's great. And so there's going to be a lot of trade-offs. So you're not going to be doing as vigorous a workout. You're not going to be doing really challenging spin classes. And you're not going to be doing infrared saunas or saunas in general. You're going to be switching things out to a gentler approach in the body. Because remember, we're, we're trying to be gentler. We're trying to be kinder to this body that's now uh, fortifying, bringing in another life to this world. So we're going to be doing things like Epsom salt soaks. Even if it's just a foot bath, like a lot of people may not have a bathtub. I work with people all the time in my practice without a bathtub. Well, you can sit down in a chair and you can fill up a bucket full of Epsom salt and you can just put on some nice, calming, soothing binaural beats or just some you know yoga-based meditation music and you can relax. It's really, really nice, especially at the end of the day to really reduce those cortisol levels and to get yourself into more of that parasympathetic, that healing or that anabolic state. So that's without a doubt one of my favorite. I think meditation is a great way to start the day and end the day, especially for women that are thinking about becoming pregnant or are pregnant currently, and really being more mindful during meals. This is a great time to enjoy a meal with friends or to have a quiet meal on your own and not be rushing while you're trying to eat. Because when you're rushing, when you're eating, in Ayurveda, they talk about this as one of the greatest ways to build up ama or toxins in the body because you don't properly digest the food to the best of your ability because the blood flow, the hydrochloric acid, all the enzymes aren't being brought to the stomach in their greatest capacity, which means if your digestion isn't strong, you cannot extract as much of that great nutrition that you need from the food. So those are a couple tips. Mm -hmm. I love all of those. They're really great. Other ones that I would suggest as well would be, you know, some really yin yoga, restorative yoga, or even walking barefoot in nature, you know, swimming in the ocean, just that really yin type of exercise that really brings you out of that fight or flight and back into rest and digest. And I wanted to just go back because you mentioned something really interesting during pregnancy, no saunas. Obviously, that is because that is not the time to be detoxing. But what about preconception? Can we have infrared saunas then? Absolutely. And that would be great. So preconception, everything you're doing is literally trying to wring out the body, really trying to detox it. So that's the time if you're going to do coffee enemas, if you're going to do a functional medicine detox, a heavy metal detox, a candida, bacterial overgrowth plan, whatever you're doing, do it all pre-pregnancy and do it all if you want. You can do literally all of it if you'd like. And enjoy that knowing that you're making your body as healthy as you can for you and, and for your child. But not during pregnancy. That work should already have been done. And if it wasn't, that's okay. Don't worry about it. But it's not the time to do it then. And there's one more reason besides the detoxing for the infrared sauna or the saunas in general is that it increases internal heat. And we don't want to heat up the body, which is why even doing vigorous exercise, even if there's no contraindications, which means putting the head below the heart or anything like that, we still don't want to get the body temperature too high, which is not good for the internal environment for the child. Mm, interesting. That's really good to know. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's move on to postpartum. 
So how does the supplementation and the diet shift once we've had the baby? So I think, and I really believe that a lot of people in your community, I know for sure, you know, they're really into their health and, and really intelligent when it comes to what to shop for and all of those. But where I see a lot of people miss the mark is post-pregnancy, postpartum. And the reason is, and it's understandable, overwhelmed for sure, right? You're bringing a new life in this world. You might not be getting as much sleep. Of course, you're not getting as much sleep. And you know, there's a lot of demands on your time. It's no longer even just about you. There's another child and you might already have one child or two children, three children, whatever it might be. So there's a lot of demands. But the problem is, I see too many women that neglect their own body. And their body then starts to go into more of a catabolic phase. And that means they're actually really breaking down at a much greater rate. There's more free radical damage. We start to see darker spots on the face. We start to get eye floaters. The hair starts to thin. The nails don't grow as fast. We get white spots in the nails. We really see the body becoming demineralized. Now, that's going to happen a little bit anyways during pregnancy. We've known this for thousands of years, which is why typically women waited between somewhere between 18 months and you know two years to have their next child. So they would actually take that time to refortify. But we can talk about that. But it begins right after you deliver. Because at that time, you need to begin cleansing the body. Cleansing the body is actually different than detoxing. When we talk about detoxing, we're talking about getting the liver to detoxify plastics and heavy metals and you know anything that could be the bisphenol A that's from plastic, like any one of those things. But afterwards, we're talking about getting the body a lot of green juices or carrot juice, anything very hydrating, anything that will flush the system of all the excess water weight, inflammation, just really moving it all through the body. And this is also a time now to not do anything extra because you are going, like let's say you're a woman who also decides to nurse your child. Now you're going to be expending more energy and you're going to be using more nutrients from your own body to create this life-giving milk. And so what we need to do is really save all energy for you and for your child. So at this point, exercise is really for three to four weeks at the minimum is just really walking or taking care of your child, doing some lymphatic-based massage, but nothing too strong or strenuous because we don't want to move that too quickly, which could affect then your milk supply. So other things I have to mention, because I, I see this quite often, is that your diet may have to change. And that's because what you eat now is affecting your milk and it's going to affect the digestion potentially of your child. So let's say someone that you're someone that just believes in dairy products and all that. Well, the number one thing that I see that causes skin issues in, in infants and nursing infants and children is dairy, eggs. And then I also see if a child has a lot of gas, cruciferous-based vegetables. So, so many of us like to eat broccoli and we like to eat things that are very healthy for us, that are healthy in general for humans. Well, those same things, though, may cause digestive distress in your child. So we want to just think about that ahead of time. Keep eating the healthy foods. But if you see that, think about it as something that you are most likely eating that can be causing the issue. Mm, so if you were to see a skin rash on the child, and then you might think, okay, am I eating dairy, eggs, and cruciferous vegetables? Or what would be the symptoms or the warning signs for us to take action? Yeah, so a very fussy baby after nursing or maybe nurses for a couple minutes and then 
comes off, tries to nurse again. Like there's just something's not right. And also eczema, cradle cap, skin-based issues is a good sign that there's some type of sensitivity in the child from whatever might be in the mother's milk. Now, that isn't typically with cruciferous vegetables. The cruciferous vegetables will cause the excess gas. You might see a really bloated stomach on your baby. You might see them, they're being very fussy if you put them down on their back because they're not able to maybe expel that gas in the same way. You might see them have more acid reflux or silent reflux in babies where they're more colicky. So these are things to be to notice as you're just, obviously you're developing this relationship with this baby. So what I like to do is just make sure that women know this ahead of time so they can see those things but with the understanding as well, this is really important because we, again, this is never taught. Like you're OB, like they're just not teaching these things. So what I want to say is this, is that a child's gut, we talk about leaky gut all the time, but a child's gut is purposely permeable until two years old. That means all children have leaky gut on purpose until two years old, and then it's supposed to get sealed up. And the reason they have that is that they're nursing from their mothers. Their mothers are passing on protein molecules, as well as immune-based cells to their child because they're providing the immune system that their child doesn't have. Now, the issue with this is it works two ways. So if they're eating foods and they're sensitive to those proteins, well, they're moving through the gut wall and actually into the bloodstream and then can cause the eczema and other issues like that. We see that so often that I think it's important that women know that ahead of time. That is such a good point and so interesting. I did not know that all children have that leaky gut until two, but it makes so much sense. So it's like, you know, if you are breastfeeding until they're two, it is so crucial that your diet is just full of organic, nourishing foods. And that is just so important because that's going to set that child up for life. And it's just, oh my gosh, it's just mind-blowing. And something else that you mentioned that I really want to touch on is you spoke about setting ourselves up and planning. So what is the ideal? You know, after we've given birth, this is our time to really bond with this baby and to not be running back to high intensity workouts and not overcommitting and not going back to work straight away. So how long ideally in a dream scenario would you suggest for that time for that mother? Is is it 3 months? I would recommend 3 months and that's because the first month is literally going to fly by in like a blink. Now, it may not seem that way at the time every single day when you might be nursing every three hours and your child might be waking through the night. Um, it may not seem that way. However, your body just went through you know, one of those miracles of life and it's completely changed, like literally completely changed overnight. And now you have to adapt to that as well while waiting on a child that is literally dependent on you for everything. And so here's what I do recommend. And again, I obviously have never been through this myself. It's one of those things that, you know, men will never be able to experience. So all I can do is look from it from an outsider, one as a clinician, but the other as a husband. And one thing I have to recommend though is that you do want to get your body back as healthy as fast as possible. And by healthy I mean more fortified, removing the excess weight if there is any, because women will naturally lose a lot of that weight over the first 30 days from 
delivery. And then also from all of the, you actually require an enormous amount of energy while nursing and while taking care of that child. So that may happen naturally. But there's something that I do recommend, and this is very important, and a lot of women will overlook it. You need about, again, this will vary for person to person, 30 to 90 minutes away of your own time one to two times a day. It's so important. Women that cannot get out of the house just for a moment to change environments, to be able to take a shower, to really feel refreshed, have a difficult time because it is literally then one 24-hour day just blends into the next one and the next one. So if you're able to, your mom, a mother-in-law, your husband, a nanny, anyone that can help you to be able to get some of your own time away from your child. It doesn't mean you don't love your child. Of course you do, but you'll be better for that child if you go out and you do some exercise, you go for a walk, you breathe some fresh air, anything. And again, you can push your child outside. There's no doubt about that, but you just need some of your own time especially that first 30 days. So I can't recommend that enough. Mm, So important. And I know a lot of my listeners are very entrepreneurial and overachievers. And if we can just plan to have this three months and gift ourselves that after, you know, we have a child and set ourselves up, you know, do what we need to do get all of the projects finished and wrapped up beforehand and just create that space and that environment for you to just solely focus on three months of just you and bonding and self-love. I've read actually a lot of books. And back when we were living in tribes, those first three months, the mother wouldn't lift a finger. You know, the mother, her only job was to bond with that baby and to feed that baby. And the, you know, the aunts and the grandparents and, you know, the community would cook and clean and do all of that. And, you know, some people don't have that. Like when we're in Sydney, we don't have in-laws or my parents around. We don't have that around us. But I love that you mentioned, even if it is just once or twice a day for 60 minutes or, or whatever you can get getting a friend or a nanny or someone or your partner to come in so that you can just have some time for yourself, whether you take a shower, an Epsom salt bath or meditate or have a nap, whatever it is, it's so important because I know a lot of women, we put so much pressure on ourselves and there's that whole mummy guilt thing that comes up. And I want to invite everybody to let go of that. You know, you don't have to subscribe to that. And like you said, which I loved, doesn't mean you don't love your child any less by just going and simply having a shower and maybe putting some coconut oil and essential oils on yourself. Like that doesn't mean you don't love your child any less. It's simply about taking that time for you, filling yourself up. Because then when you go back to that beautiful angel, you're going to be full. You're not going to feel resentful. And so gift that to yourself because you are going to be such a happier person after you've done that. Without a doubt. I mean, very, very well said. It's exactly correct. And I just really believe that you will be better for your baby if you have a little time away. And I think most of us can kind of see that in just relationships or anything in general. It's like you just need a little time away and then you give yourself, oh, you know, I really miss that time. 
Because the other thing is, and I work with so many entrepreneurial females and health coaches, and you know they have so many projects going on, but this is the time to shelve those projects for those 12 weeks. And the reason I say that is they're going to be there for the rest of your life. You know, you might be in a stage where you have children to maybe 40 years old or so. Well, you can work now, like easily, 2018, you're going to be able to work to your 80 if you'd like to, easily, because of all the anti-aging we have going on now. So trade three months or maybe even six months for the rest of your life, because that's always there, but you will never get back that 90 days or that six months after you give birth. Mm, So beautifully said and so important. Thank you for saying that. So let's talk about post-supplements. We've spoken about the diet and a couple of lifestyle adjustments. What about supplementation during this time? Is there anything extra that we need to be adding? Is there anything that we need to be mindful of? You know, you spoke about dairy and eggs and potentially cruciferous vegetables if the child is having gas. But what about supplementation during this period? This is still a continuation if you are nursing the child. This is a continuation of the pregnancy-based supplements. We're still going with the either just the what we use, the daily nutritional support powder. But again, you can just use a prenatal if you'd like that's functional medicine-based. You don't need the extra folate now, but you still need your daily multivitamin and mineral and all that. You can still go with your probiotic and you can definitely still use your omega-3. Amazing research. Amazing research with nursing with higher levels of omega-3 and the addition of IQ, meaning that children who have higher levels of omega-3 through their mother from nursing actually had higher levels of IQ. So this is important. Again, this has to do with neurological development, has to do with brain development. Your brain's 90% fat, so it makes sense. But this is also not a time to do a detox yet, not while you're nursing, because remember, your blood is also a constituent of your milk. So very, very important that we're not doing heavy metal detox, we're not doing a candida detox, any type of detox, okay? This is not the time. Now, you can do fresh-pressed juices. That's okay. That's not a detox. That's more cleansing-based, right? More hydration-based, more moving the lymphatic system. But we can't use the heavy herbs right now, and we don't want to use the higher levels of vitamins as well either because you are still supplying nutrition to your child, this time, though, just in a different way, right? So we have to look at it as the same thing. And then when you're done nursing your child or you're weaning your child off to mainly whole foods, then that is the time we're going to eventually do that functional medicine detox again. And we're going to then ramp back up vitamins and minerals. We might use an activated B complex. We're definitely using the probiotic the whole time either way. And whatever we need to fortify at that time, that's when we can use lab testing again to see if there's anything low. But while nursing, still be careful of using a lot of the herbal-based supplements, which could get into your milk. Mm -hmm. You spoke about getting back to as healthy and your pre-pregnancy weight as quickly as possible. How do we do that? So for most women, they're going to gain somewhere between 18 pounds and 36 pounds over their current weight. Some women gain, gain a little bit more. Not too many women gain less than that, okay? Because that's kind of what we call just the healthy minimum. And again, of course, it differs because what if you started at 100 pounds and what if another woman started 180 pounds? Obviously, it's very, very different. But 
we can look at it as somewhere within that range. So let's say after you give birth, you lost 15 of those 35 pounds, we'll say. Okay. So now we still have 20 pounds left to go. I would say easily within the next two to three weeks, you very likely may lose half of that 15 pounds as well. So when we're looking at this now, a lot of women are somewhere between 10 and 15 pounds. That's what I've seen over thousands and thousands of appointments, that a lot of women have an extra 10 to 15 pounds that are trying to do the healthiest thing for their body, but they're still about 10 pounds to 15 pounds heavier. Okay, at this point, again, you know that we're not going to be over-exercising, especially since, remember, over-exercising actually changes the milk supply. It can start to decrease the milk supply, which we certainly don't want. So we're going to exercise, but not until four to six weeks. For the first four weeks, what we're simply going to do is go for walks. We're going to do some self-massage with sesame oil or coconut oil. We're going to kind of move that lymphatic system to work on drainage as well. And we're going to absolutely be getting more of that plant-based diet. We use something, a greens powder, the daily fruit and vegetable blend. You can choose whatever you'd like. That allows you to get more of those greens in without eating maybe as much of those raw greens that may affect the digestion of your baby. So that's one thing we do. We definitely make sure the protein is still up. We make sure your carbs are still up. Very, very important that you don't also go on a low-carb diet after pregnancy, which a lot of women do to lose the weight. Why? A lower-carb diet can actually shut down the milk supply because it believes that you're in more of a survival-based space. So we need good, fresh fruit in the diet. You can do frozen berries. That's okay. Just try to choose organic if possible. If you can't always buy all organic, I know that it's more expensive. Always buy the... Dirty Dozen Organic, and you can look up Dirty Dozen Clean 15. You'll find the list. And the Clean 15, if you can't buy all organic, those ones are okay to buy non-organic, although I still don't recommend it, but it's okay. And you'll just give those a wash. You can use a little apple cider vinegar and a little water to soak those. So we're going to get those fresh fruits and produce there. And then we'll add maybe a little bit of sweet potato at lunch. That will give you your healthy starches. Maybe you just do the veggies and some protein healthy fat at dinner. That's going to help you start to lose the weight. Then after the six weeks is up, that's when we can start getting back to the gym. We can do resistance training maybe twice a week. But again, don't dive back into it right away because you're not going to have the same reserves left. You're probably not going to have the the sleep that you want to be getting. So just do one to two sets of each exercise. See how your body feels. Don't create too much lactic acid, which is waste. And then you can do a little bit more as you progress. So that's what I recommend in a nutshell. Okay, awesome. And in a dream scenario, healthy baby, healthy mother, what is the ideal time that you would recommend to breastfeed? In an ideal world, it's two years. And I know that seems like an incredibly long time for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, but that's always what it's been throughout history. And so that's what I have to recommend. Now, what have I seen in my practice for healthy moms and healthy babies? A year. So if you can do anywhere from a year to two years, then I think that's incredible. Now, remember, you're not nursing the same way at two years. They've already weaned off and you might just be doing supplemental nursing one to two times a day after a year or so. So there's different ways to look at this. Essentially, you're nursing exclusively for four to six months in ideal world, again, ideal world, four to six months. And then after that, you'll start to introduce food as the baby shows interest. And then your nursing will actually go down to less times per day. And then it will eventually just be supplemental after the first year. Okay. And you spoke a little bit before about having the next child. 
Obviously, the mother's body needs to fully recover and rebuild. In a dream scenario, ideal world, you know, how many years would you recommend between children so that the mother's body has enough time to fully heal and rebuild all of her stores to do it all over again? What I've always seen, and again, this I have to go by not recent data, but data throughout history and what's always been kind of conveyed through tribes and cultures. And it's always been two to three years. So the two years would allow you enough time to fully nurse your first child through that first year. And then obviously weaning towards the second year. And again, a lot of women won't won't nurse past a year. And I think that that's totally acceptable and, and fine. So you are getting then essentially a full year to rebuild that body back up before you try to become pregnant again. And again, my recommendation is that you're going to then start the process again. You're actually going to eliminate anything that you may have accumulated. You're going to run the hair tissue mineral analysis, the organic acids test, the omega-3, see very specifically for your body, not your friend's body, not your neighbor's body, anything. What do you need for your body? Rebuild those over a period of 12 weeks to six months. And then your body is now fully fortified. There's no guesswork and you can have your next healthy pregnancy. Beautiful. I love that. Have we shared everything that we've needed to share, do you think? I think that is that is the foundation. That's really what we're looking at. And the biggest thing I can add is that, that this is going to be one of those times in your life that is nothing like you will ever experience and that it is something major where you are literally doing something that no one else is able to do. And you're bringing and you're creating life in your body. Now, that is, I think, a tremendous honor that a lot of people can feel grateful that they're able to do this, but it's also a very large responsibility. And I understand that from both perspectives. You have all of the beauty of being able to do it, but then also all the responsibility. And sometimes the responsibility can seem absolutely overwhelming. Like, how do I know if I have heavy metals? How do I know I have if I have this, this, and this. So by being able to kind of go through the checklist, like, okay, I checked my minerals, I checked my vitamins, I checked my omega-3s, then it's peace of mind. Now, again, you don't have to do all of these things, but no matter what, what I want you to think about is this. When it's time to become pregnant, I want people to change the brain space. There's a million things that we could always do in this world, right? I could even just, again, when you have kids, you're also thinking, it was like, am I being the best dad for my two girls? Am I home on time enough for dinner? Am I traveling too much? Like any one of these things, we can always second guess it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to know that as long as you're cognizant of this, as long as you're thinking about it, you're already doing the very best that you can. So I want you to enjoy the process. It's the very best thing that you can do because it might only happen once or twice or three times, or maybe in a family like mine, four times, you know, from when I was growing up. But it's such a finite period of time that enjoy it, enjoy the process. And just that alone is going to lower those cortisol levels. And you're going to be much happier, I believe, and bring in some great children into this world. Beautiful. Now, let's talk about what books you recommend for this phase. So preconception, post, peri, besides your book, which we'll definitely link to in the show notes. And I absolutely highly recommend that everyone reads The Rain Barrel Effect. It is life-changing. It's such an amazing book. But what are some other great books on this topic that you would recommend for mothers? So my book would definitely be for the pre-pregnancy. So that's not going to be pregnancy or post. You would really read that for the before because it's talking about 
removing a lot of these toxins from the body and then obviously refortifying it. While pregnant, it's a great question. I would love people to begin to learn more about balance in their life. Maybe reading things on Ayurvedic-based philosophy or even like self-improvement in general. Because I honestly believe it's so much about mindset. Like I could give you a book on nutrition. I could give you a book on this. But what we need to do is we understand that if this is your first child, life is changing, right? Life is literally going to change. What does that mean for you? Are you going to be in the best space possible? Are you going to feel that you're neglecting your needs or that you have that mummy guilt like you were just talking about where you're not with your child enough? What might be happening? So that's such a, a big thing that honestly, I just have the, I have the ability now to look back in hindsight for, you know, for my wife and for everyone in my practice and saying that mindset is one of the biggest things so that when you do have your baby, you're in the right place mentally because the physical part is honestly a lot easier than we, than we think about it. That's kind of just the doing. It's not the knowing. So hopefully that makes sense. And do you have any of your favorite books that you could recommend on that topic or just that in general? Well, I always go back to one of my favorites, and I know that I gave this before as one of my favorite books on this, but it's understanding the subconscious mind. And, you know, until you really get that, you don't always, you believe that sometimes you're a victim of your thoughts. And, you know, maybe you're like me and you grew up in childhood and you didn't necessarily have the healthiest mindset childhood wise. Well, at some point, you have to understand that that programming, those thoughts from before, are creating the individual you are today because it's those thoughts that lead eventually to emotions and feelings which enable you to take action, good or bad, but a lot of us are just running on this programming. So until you start to understand that subconscious mind, then you are not going to be the healthiest person for you. And I honestly believe I would not have been the best farther that I could for my two girls. Now, my you know, farther of the year? Probably not. I do my very, very best. <laughs> but what I can tell you is this, is that I'm in a space right now where if I had not have done the work on myself, I would not have had the patience that I do with my children. I would not be able to look at them as what they are. They're, they're basically sponges. They're little children. They're looking up to you for guidance, for love, for support. And I wouldn't be able to show them the love that maybe I didn't necessarily feel as much you know, as a child, I wouldn't be able to do that, but I worked through that. And now I have been cognizant of it and, and I work on it every single day of my life. So The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy is without a doubt one of my favorite books to look at. Awesome. And so we have covered so much information, both physically and emotionally that we need to do in these three different phases or that we can do in these three different phases. And we haven't even touched on things like making sure our environment is as toxic-free as possible. You know, our skincare products, the people that we surround ourselves with, the environments in, in which we work and, and live, you know, this is so important. Making sure that we're eating all organic, you know, there's a whole holistic approach that we can take and not just for when we're trying to conceive and, and pregnant and post, this is about you know living as toxic-free and as healthy as we possibly can. So we have covered so much, but is there anything else that you want to share or that you feel is really important for any potential mamas out there that really want to give their children, their future children, the best start in life? 
the only other thing I would I would mention because they're right. There is so much we could talk about, right? We could talk about fertility issues. We could talk about home births, whether a birth with a midwife at a hospital or just the conventional hospital route. Should you use an epidural? Should you do a C-section? Like, there's so many things to cover. But since the literally it's endless and we could do you know three or four hours, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about you speak this over, talk this over with your partner if you have a partner, and you'll say, here are the different questions that may come up. What are our beliefs around this topic, right? You're going to have to decide all the hard questions. You know, how do I want the delivery to be? I mean, like, exactly. You're going to go through that. Literally, that matters. Like, how's the, what's the environment going to be like when you give birth? That's a big decision. And then after that, you're going to be asked the very same day, do you want certain vaccinations? And then you'll have to make that decision on your own as well. And I, I never make that decision for people. I say, I want you to read both sides of the equation. You know, people are so heated on both sides. I say, why not listen to this side, see what they have to say, listen to this side, see what they have to say, get, make as much of an educated decision as you're able to, and then be, be okay with that. What I don't want you to do, and then again, then you're going to think about all the other things like, well, what am I going to eat for food? How, you know, like, because all of that affects the child as well. Are we going to do more organic-based foods? Should we have a night nurse? Should we have a nanny come? Are we going to move closer to my parents for a little while? You know, does, do we have to cut back on budget a little bit since I'm not going to be working? So all I want you to do is think about all things ahead of time from a non-stress-based perspective because it just is, right? It's just life. It just is. We're always going to encounter obstacles. The obstacles are not necessarily a bad thing. They're simply things that we are working through as human beings. That's it. So what I'd like you to do is make a list of those so that when they come up, you're already prepared. That's the thing is we don't want to be shocked by anything or stressed in the moment. If you've already pre-planned to the best of your ability, and again, we can't plan for everything, you're going to have such a, just an easier time during your pregnancy and hopefully an easier post-pregnancy as well. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing information. I'm so grateful and I know all of our listeners are as well. And you know, I'm a massive believer in service and I'm, I want to express how deeply grateful I am for your time. Your third time coming on our show, my tribe absolutely love and adore you and Nick and I love and adore you. But is there anything that I can do today and the listeners can do to serve you? How can we give back to you? I mean, just being on your show, honestly, being able to spread my message is exactly what I'm looking to do. I mean, my my life, I want to dedicate to teaching, you know, my background, maybe as a naturopathic doctor and, and into Ayurveda and functional medicine. But the more that we can spread this message is honestly what we have to do. I'm not making the information up. So that's what I always want to share with people is that I've learned this from literally traveling, studying all over the world, doing internships. So the information is not mine. It's not yours. It's not anybody. And there's a lot of people out there who don't know anything about this. They don't know about the clean 15 and the dirty dozen foods. They don't know that the average woman leaves the house with 126 chemicals on her body because each product, maybe the average woman uses somewhere between 10 and 12 products with shampoo and makeup and conditioners, and all these different types of things. Well, they contain sometimes more than a dozen base chemicals. A lot of women don't know that. So my goal is just to get the book, The Rain Barrel Effect, in the hands of as many people as possible, 100% of all profits are donated to charity. And those the charity is actually giving to mothers in developing nations the same vitamins that we spoke about right here. So just trying to pay it forward. And I thank you so much for having me on again as well. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure. And I'm sure you'll be back on many more times after this. But thank you again so much for all of this information. 
I am. We are so grateful and we love the work that you're doing. So keep sharing it. Thank you. Was that not one of the best episodes ever? I love him so much. What a wealth of knowledge he is. And now you have all of the information for preconception, peri and post in one place. How epic is that? I got so much out of today's episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can educate and inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Stephen and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 145. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Another thing I wanted to remind you of was that if you haven't got my latest book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy today. And whilst you're there, you also get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. It is so epic. And we dive deep into things that we couldn't talk about in the book. So head there to check that out now. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I love reading all of your reviews and I'm so grateful. So thank you so, so much. And thank you for being here and wanting to be the best and shiniest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You seriously rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, I personally think every single female needs to listen to it. So please share it with anyone that you think this would benefit. Share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you have got to do to get this information into their ears. And until next time, my darling. Don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.